Welcome back to another action-packed episode of Square State Sandlot. Got Kyle Gilmore joining me, and I am your host, Bill Montoya. Got a lot to talk about today. There is quite a bit going on in all the leagues, really. I mean, they're all in the off-season mode other than baseball, but news coming from, from basketball, which we'll start with, and then some baseball. We've got football, a little bit of hockey, pens in the news. Um so we'll hop right in, but at fir- but first I want to invite you guys to subscribe where wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. We, we put everything there, Facebook, all that fun stuff. So Kyle, you want to dive into NBA first since that seems to be the major news? Yeah, might as well. All right. Um, go ahead. I mean, a lot of this has more to do with you than me. Yeah. So Warriors have made some moves in the offseason that we've yet to talk about. They did let uh, Juan Toscano Anderson, GP2, uh, Damian Lee, and Otto Porter Jr. They've all left in free agency, which some of those are big hits. I mean, Gary Payton II, he's going to be missed probably the most out of that entire group. Juan Toscano Anderson has basically been delegated to a backup role as well as Damian Lee. Otto Porter Jr. had some, some major flashes in the regular season but didn't do much in the postseason so of those i would say gary payton second is the the biggest loss he went to portland and signed a a, just a big deal so i'm happy for him basically having to scrap for his entire career just to get on rosters and to get a three-year guaranteed deal that's worth quite a bit of money super thrilled for him obviously not thrilled to lose him but good news they did bring back uh kevon looney on a three-year deal there was rumors that he could have got more elsewhere, but he wanted to be part of a winning organization and was happy where he was at. So he got he got the bag and got to stay where he wanted to be. And then they did bring in Devante or Dante DiVincenzo. I don't even know how to say it, but anyway, <laughs> he came from Sacramento. They brought him in on a two-year deal, and he's going to be looked to feel to fill that role that Gary Payton II has left. I don't think he's quite the defender, but I think he brings a little more on the offensive end. So he'll be that backup swing guard that they bring in on the, the second unit there. So I, I do see a lot of the salary squeeze starting to happen from Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Wiggins contracts, and obviously the luxury tax basically doubles up those contracts. So the Warriors were rumored to be in the 320 to 400 million range just on players' salaries last year. And Lacob doesn't, he said, you know, we're not, we don't have unlimited resources here as much as that might seem to be the case. So I would like to see some changes to that luxury tax where if you're holding on to your own players that, it doesn't quite hit as hard as if you are signing free agents. So hopefully that happens in the future, but there is some news coming out of Utah. Have you been paying attention at all? I did. I did. Uh, It's pretty surprising, I guess to me, maybe I, you know, didn't have a pulse on it, but um, I don't even know how to say his last name. Rudy Gobert. Yeah, that guy. Um, But trading him to Minnesota um for i guess what blew me away was what they got for him um, yeah i don't even have the full list i want to say it was like three or four first round picks plus players so they got a huge haul in return well and that's what i mean when i saw what he got because i he's not a 
I don't follow the NBA as close as obviously you do. Um, but he's not a name that I just knew right away. So um, I don't know. I, think I guess he's really almost surprised me. He's almost infamous at this point rather than famous. He had the whole um, right as they shut down the NBA. He was, you know, making a joke out of it and touching everything in the same or it was either later that day or the next day he tested positive for COVID and had That's put his literally hands the only thing I knew about him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is a great player. He's, he's con- constantly in the voting for defensive player of the year. I think he's won it. I think yeah. he won it last year, or the year before I can't remember, but so he's a good player, but he's not going to do much on the offensive end. And the Timberwolves already have a great post player. So that's why I'm kind of confused yeah. by this move. I mean, it obviously will help them on the defensive end, but I think they let go of Patrick Beverly and I can't remember who else was part of this trade. That... Uh, the other thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You're fine. I was, I was just going to say the other thing that really surprised me with Minnesota is it looked like they were finally building something there. Yep. Um, and to give to give up, I guess the future picks like that was a little bit surprising to me as well. Um, well, I think they're in the you know win now mode because the problem with Minnesota is they can't keep players because people yeah. don't want to you know live up there and freeze their nuts off the entire season. So <laughs> that's fair. I guess. that's fair. I guess I didn't I didn't think about locale. Yeah, so it's tough for them to assemble a, a winning squad and keeping them there because a lot of the guys don't want to be that away from the, the limelight, so to speak. So I get well, the move. They've got Anthony Edwards and he looks like he's going to be, you know, a star for many years to come. Definitely. They got Carl Anthony Towns and, and getting Gobert is going to help on, on the defensive end for sure. So we'll see well, how it ends up, but I, I like the move. I just don't like what they gave up. So it just seemed like a lot. But uh, you made a note of it here. I think the bigger impact um, is obviously Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. I'm curious on your thoughts. To me, I would expect him to want to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know why why he would stay. I'm sure he wants to win. And the Jazz are not in that position. uh, And even less so now. Um, I don't know. I could see him being a very large um, move this year, I guess, for somebody to make. So we'll see. Um, For Donovan, all indications from his camp have always been, you know, I want to be here. And that's why he signed that massive extension in Utah. But I think the landscape has probably changed with them. Obviously, unloading Gobert tells them and – they got some players back, but none that are going to help them as much as Gobert did. So all indications seem to be that they're probably looking to, you know, restock the shelf, so to speak, and and make moves in the future. So I would not be shocked at all to see uh, Donovan Mitchell moved. In fact, I would expect it probably this offseason. And a lot of the rumors are the Knicks, and I think that would probably make some sense. I don't know what they would have to give back, but the Knicks are looking for that franchise type player that they have not had since shoot, probably Carmelo have to be. Yeah. Yeah. They really haven't had anyone. So I think they're, they're looking to make a a major splash. They thought they had that and Julius Randall gave him that big contract, but last year he was underwhelming for sure. So I think they're looking to, to move on from him maybe and, and get 
Mitchell back. Plus, they'll have to give up quite a few picks, I'm sure. So I'd be interested to see if he goes there because I think he's from that area. He definitely has local ties to the New York market. So I would like to see him go there and see what he's able to accomplish. The, the Knicks have been looking for a, a savior for, you know, since Ewing Forever. left. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that. But I think that's all I had NBA-wise unless you had anything else. No, that was about it outside of the, I mean – the big waiting for things to land like KD and well, yeah, I know. guess we should probably cover that too. And there's been a lot of rumors that the warriors are in on KD and I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen. I kind of half dreading it, but also we, we kind of talked off air. I think it would definitely make them the favorite if they're not already the favorite this upcoming season because of what KD is as a player. But you were saying you were seeing the, the rumors be, Poole, Wiggins, and Wiseman involved in the trade and, plus draft picks. And another player. Uh, oh, another player. Starts with a K. Kaminga. That guy. Thank you. Um, the, the crazy thing for me, and I think why it would be a horrible move for you guys to take KD, I mean, we talked about this off air a little bit, but it's nice what you guys – I guess you have to weigh whether or not, say, winning one or two more championships if you do – outweighs the future past Steph Curry. I'm not saying Steph's done tomorrow or even a handful of seasons from now. I'm just saying too many times people go all in on these players and it doesn't pan out. Yep. And then you're squandering for season after season. So I think you guys played obviously decent enough. Um, I think you could do better developing your own guys, which obviously is another big part of what you guys do. Um, I just, to me, KD's a distraction at this point. I'm so, I have such a horrible taste in my mouth for the league of today. I hate this. I didn't make it jump to another team pressure to trade here, move here. I just, I don't like the landscape. I know I've beat that dead horse in previous podcasts, but um, what you guys have is so special because it's homegrown um, you're very much anti that superstar, you know, build a team in free agency. And I absolutely love that. Yeah. And so I just hope you guys stick I mean, with it. I mean, not to say, I mean, you brought KD in before, yes. I know, but you're at that point. Now you have a handful of stars that you had that you brought in and you're building around them and it's working. So I just, I feel like bringing KD in would throw a wrench in that. Yeah. And I think it would be, leveraging I don't want to say guaranteed but assuming everyone stays healthy I think that they would repeat for sure and maybe even repeat if they brought in KD so I think there's that but you're looking at KD's under contract for four more seasons I think Steph is as well and that's probably looking at that window I mean you're looking at a if you were to bring KD in you're looking at four years of max return you got to hope no one gets hurt because that bench would be pretty thin. Um, pretty thin, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, giving up on Jordan Poole would be That's tough for me. One, and Kaminga. Kaminga and Poole. At this point with Wiseman, like, he looks great in the summer league, but his health has not been there. Too. Yeah, I mean, so counting on him to be a major part of the future at this point is probably not a wise move. Uh, so if – Losing him wouldn't be too too harmful to me, but Wiggins, he was a major part of that championship. Granted, 
KD would do everything that Wiggins did and then some. So I don't know. It's tough. I mean, you're essentially saying, do we want to win after Steph or do we want to win with Steph? As many as you can. And after Steph, you know, or just with Steph. So I don't know. It's, it's tough. And, you know, the thing is they could also hit in the draft and keep replacing these players, but it's, it's definitely an, uh, not a guarantee. So it's tough to say what's the best route to go, but I would say at this point, probably without KD would be the better of the two since we look to be set up for the future and now versus just now. So um, there's only one more move you guys need to make and then I'll, I'll leave you alone. And that is <laughs> Get rid getting of rid of Drake. I still okay. hate him. How did I know? <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on. Fair enough. All right. Going to Major League Baseball. I did want to give props to the Major League Baseball commissioner slash front office there, which is not something you'll find me doing very often. This is the one and only time you will ever hear this happen. (laughs) For one thing, they did announce on this new CBA that the commissioner can bring in legend players into the All-Star game as two additional players. And this is essentially, you know, guys that we know are going to be on their way out. Maybe this is their last season. You can bring them in to give them a career accomplishment and acknowledgement there. So as part of that, uh, Miguel Cabrera is brought in, although he probably should have made the team on his own rights. And he may have. I can't remember if he made it outright. I don't think he did. That was my one issue with it is he had a good enough season that I don't know. We'll get to that when we talk about the, the all-star game a little bit, but yeah. So anyway, Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols are the legend players selected for this game. And that is one thing that, like I said, I'm absolutely thrilled for Pujols has announced this is his final season. Cabrera might keep playing and he probably will, especially playing as well as he has. Um, but Pujols, I think he has announced that this is his last season. So great to get him a final nod and they are throwing him in the, home run derby as well so that's pretty yeah, cool seen that. i don't know how many he's gonna hit but I, I i'm all i'm here for it well and for the for the first season for them to be doing this i mean they couldn't have had an easier selection um obviously these two are if you if you were to ask just about anybody who would be from each league i feel like these would be the two names you would hear from everyone so um it just makes sense. So again, agreed with Bill. It's they haven't done a lot great lately, but this is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I guess one other major props, and I know it wasn't Manfred or anyone on his team that designed these, but the people that designed the All Star Game uniforms this year absolutely knocked Beautiful. it out of the effing park. Like these we're people talking, should have done all the City Connect jerseys. Yes. I'm We're sorry. talking like these things are. I think we sh- they should keep them for years to come. That's how good these. I, I was just going to say they're so awesome that this should be the standard. You don't need to. I mean, I could see them getting stale, so maybe you know you don't use them forever. But as of right now, I think they are by far the the best thing that they've done in quite some time. So I'm going to share this screen real quick just so everyone can see it that's that is watching it um let's see definitely just so they can see these bad boys it's, I don't they're know so which subtle and they're so clean there we go okay 
I'm sharing my screen now. We'll put this on the stream. And these, these are the bad boys right oh, yeah. here. So you've got the gray with the gold. It's, it is on. the perfect nod. Love it. I mean, it feels like essentially they're wearing a plaque on their on their uniforms, and that's what making the All Star Game symbol. Exactly so. what I thought was. It it almost looks embossed. It's it's very very clean and beautiful, and they're simple, and I love it. Yep. So, congrats to MLB on on knocking those out of the park for sure. And two out of else? fifty. Good job, guys. Anything else you wanted to do with the All-Star game or you want to just go into news notes from around the league now? Um, just the one thing we kind of spoke on it with Miggy. Um, I still just can't stand fan voting. Um, yes, always. There's, I don't know. I just, I'm not saying the people that are in the All-Star game are not deserving, but it just seems like. You know, it, you got the bingo basket with the same names in it every year. It just, it doesn't change. Um, there, well, I mean, there's some, I guess, but it, it's all based off that, name. Yeah, well, names and fan bases. I mean, right now, For and sure. not that the A should have, you know, a ton of people in there. Obviously, they're having a pretty rough year. But the way that the A's ownership has treated the, the fan base, like, you're not going to yeah. get – you're not going to get votes for the A's players. And that's unfortunate because I think they absolutely deserve, you know, some votes. They're, like last year, I mean, they had, I think, two, three players, and they should have had probably five or six. Yeah. But you guys it's just frustrating. And, you know, the Blue Jays always do really well because everyone in Canada likes the Blue Jays because that's the only team oh, right now. You have a so, very large uh, yes. area. So you have them getting in games all the time that they – I don't want to say they don't deserve, but, like, yeah. they've, they've had some guys that probably don't deserve it as much as other players. So, yeah, fan yeah, voting I, I needs was, to go away. I would like to see it much more based. I mean, I'm obviously biased, but, again, I'll throw Brian Reynolds out. Um, he had a bit of a slow start, and he's still not a household name. Um, but, he, I mean, not even, not even cracking the list, so – I don't know, a little frustrating, but at least we got Bednar in there. I'm happy for him, hometown kid out of Pittsburgh. So that's a plus, but whatever. Yeah, and I don't want to see – I guess I shouldn't say I want to see fan voting go away. I would just like to see it less weighted. Yeah. yeah. Because you, you obviously want to have fan engagement, but at the same time you want the people that should be in there voted yeah. in. So – We'll move on from that. Couple news and notes from around the the Major League Baseball. This is a league. big one. <laughs> Juan Soto yesterday turned down. Well, I don't know if it was yesterday. It, news broke yesterday that he turned down a 15-year, 440 million dollar extension from the Washington Nationals. So wow, <laughs> that would have been the largest contract by total value um, ever. I think it would have beat out Trout by twenty million. Yeah. So, um, wow. I mean, let, let's break this down. So, I do want to preface the fact that I think he can absolutely make more than four hundred and forty oh, million. Oh, he's going he, to. Yeah. I I mean, he's going to be in the forty plus million dollar per year range on on whatever contract he signs next. So. If, if you do the math, 
and let's say he signs a six-year, I don't know, $45 million deal. What does that come out to? Six, a lot. Six times 45 is 270. So that leaves 170 over the next nine years. So I understand him not wanting to take that, but at the same time, it would be damn near impossible for me to turn down half, well, yeah, our, basically half a billion dollars. Our perspective is not even relevant because it we just don't we can't grasp the concept of anyone offering us this kind of money. Right. Um, and but I don't I don't think I think money's part of it, but I personally think it has nothing to do with money. Yeah. And that that's the other part is we don't know why he turned this down. I mean it could be the monetary stuff. Could be the fact that the Nats are awful this year. I think they have they're tied for the A's with the worst worst record in baseball. So obviously that's not something you want to sign up for. Is yeah okay I got all this money but now I'm stuck on a team that's garbage. So that well, could be and part if of you it. Know you can make that money somewhere else and win. And while you have the leverage, which obviously he does, he's uh, you know a perennial All Star. He's he's one of the best in the league. So I mean, yeah, I, if you're he's a make superstar, a move, and he's this is 20, the time. He's 23. Exactly. He'll be 24 by the end of the season. So most he's players definitely never catch get this out. opportunity. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. If he signs, I I don't think he'll be signing a 15 year contract wherever he goes next. I think it makes most sense for him to sign a six year deal, and that takes him through his age 30 season, 29 season. And then he'll be up for free agency again. And that's when he can cash in one more time. And I think that that number I gave you, $45 million a year for six years, probably makes the most sense for him. Um, and then, you know, whatever he can add on at the end of that is great for him. Most guys won't or most teams won't give huge contracts to 30-year-old plus players. Uh, so that's where he's yeah. going to probably not get as much on that back end of this this second contract. But he's definitely going to still have some value, assuming the injury. And that's that's where the risk versus reward to me is. It would be too tough for me to turn down that that 15 years guaranteed because let's say he signs this six year mega contract for what did I say? It's 270 million, and then he gets hurt during that contract and let's say he's out of the league or just not quite the player he was, he's not going to get the rest of that contract that he would have got with the Nationals. So, No, and that, that's a fair point. Um, but again, I guess it's just our perspective is so different. Yeah. If he had, say he goes somewhere and wins a World Series, none of that matters. I mean, at the end of the day, he is a competitor and a ball player, and I'm sure that's weighing into this decision, or at least I'm assuming it is. Um, if he goes and even, even if he's making consistent postseasons, I mean, he's probably going to be happier in the long run and he will have made probably enough money to, uh, take care of, you know, him and his, but yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I know I would have signed on the dotted line yesterday. Yep. <laughs> I mean, and easily, it, but I mean, it's tough to fault a guy betting on himself. It's just that you've seen so many guys get, you know, even Tatis, he signed that mega contract and he has been hurt Can't play. even before that. I mean, yeah. so that's where it's tough. And the funny thing is to bring up Tatis, one of the room, now that the Nats know that he's not going to resign, they're going to have to trade him. And that starts, yeah. I don't know if it starts as early as this season. It makes sense because they're already losing with him 
they're going to lose without him for sure too. So I Might think we'll get something. Yeah. I mean, he's there until next season too, but if, if you can get a team to lock in the extra, whatever that is, three months plus the year where they're not paying him Buku bucks, that's, that has value to whatever team's going to sign him to the next mega contract. So, um, one of the rumored destinations is there's both the New York teams, obviously major markets, obviously. but the Padres are very interested in teaming up Soto with Tatis and having that combo for the next 13 years, whatever. Um, obviously, the Padres aren't typically a team that spends a shit ton of money, uh, but if they're interested in acquiring him, they're definitely signing up to do that. So. It would be interesting, yeah, and I love crazy. Bob Melvin. I love Sean Manaya. I would love to see the Padres get Soto. So I would love to see that, especially keeping him out of New York. But you have Stevie Cohen that does not care one bit about that luxury tax. So I yeah. think he's probably the favorite to trade for him. Uh, but the Padres definitely have the assets to trade for him too. So I don't know. I, I'm excited to see where he that ends could be up. A- that would be an exciting pairing, that's for sure. As much yeah. as, man, well, I don't Tatis, know, that's scary if he can stay healthy. Uh, Tatis has got to get healthy. He's got to stay off the motorcycles, and he's got to quit doing his all-out stuff. Like, I love the guy because of his effort. He dives for every damn play he can even kind of get close to, but he's much more valuable to the Padres if he's not hurt, if he's swinging a bat. Even if they yeah. DH him, if they put him in the outfield and say, you know, Kind of like what the Angels do with Trout, where they say play back as far as you can. If you can come up and get the ball, great. We don't want you running into the wall. We don't want you, you know, trying to die for every single ball. Oh, yeah. We want you to stay healthy. So, yeah. I think that's probably the approach for Tatis going forward. And if you can pair him up with Soto, that would be a phenomenal duo for, for many years to come. So, a um, couple other notes from, from the major leagues and that. I don't, this is just about the A's. I don't know if you have anything else to add about your Pirates, but uh, the A's, they obviously haven't had a great year, but Shane or Shea Langoliers, he won MVP of the MLB Futures game, hit a monster smash home run uh, oh, yeah. on a hanging curveball, threw a guy out trying that to That was a dinger. Yeah. So he's, he's hitting the shit out of the ball in the minors, obviously against the Futures guys. It's very tough for them to say he's not ready to come up. The only thing is Sean Murphy is a roadblock there. You don't want to bring him up and then just have him sit on the bench forever. And his only true position is catcher. So I don't know if that means they bring him up, put Murphy more at, at DH or swap him back and forth. Who plays DH, who plays catcher. Uh, they have a I log jam. The best. Yeah. I think that's the best case scenario. That way they're both getting some game time. But you also want the guys to, to get in with the pitching staff and kind of just take over. So that's, that's where fair. I think this clears the way for a Murphy trade. And as much as I hate to see Murphy go, at least I have this guy in the minors that I know can probably do it going forward, something to look forward to. And Sean Murphy's probably our most, most valuable trade asset in that he has three years plus of team control left. So. I think now is probably the time to move on Murphy. And I think that's all they're waiting to do before they bring uh, Langoliers up. So excited to see him come up whenever that is. And then another note real quick is that Frankie Montas, he threw two high intensity bullpens uh, this week after being pulled from 
after one inning of, in his last start uh, with shoulder inflammation. Everything has reacted well. He looks like he's ready to go for for the next game, probably before the All-Star game, if not after. And that bodes well for the A's looking to obviously move on from him. So um, he should bring in some value there on, on the trade market. And then that opens you up for the floor if you have anything Pirates-wise or anything else um, MLB-related? Most of it just has to do with uh, prospects, if you want to call them. Um, we've hit that point that I was worried we were going to hit. Um, a lot of our veterans came back off injury, and it's led to some players getting sent back down. Uh, most notably for me is Jack Sawinski. Um, no, they I sent him down. I cannot disagree with this more. Yeah, he's back at AAA. I didn't see so that. So he, he, he went on an 0-20-something run. So, yes, he was struggling at the bat, but we were coming up on this Rocky series, which I don't know if people know this, but Coors Field is a hitter's field. Um, if there was ever a place for him to work out of a slump and go, like, let him work out of it. He's 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 won so many games for us this season with walk-offs and his amazing plays out in the outfield. Like, give this kid a chance. Um, and so, the veterans that were were – putting in front of these players and playing we need to move on from like last year and yeah. it, so it's it's kind of getting frustrating um but i also don't like that they did it to Sawinski, but then you take o'neill cruz who struck out horribly um he's he's struggling at bat as well which i'm not saying send him down i don't want them to but why jack i mean he's hitting dingers he was leading all rookies in home runs and again i can't his defensive play has been literally error-free. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little bummed about that. I'm a little frustrated. Uh, our pitching staff, it's more of the same, man. Um, until we write that wrong, we're just there's going to be games that we give away, and it it's kind of biting us again. We just don't have starting pitchers. Well, and um, that's why I'm hopeful that you guys start trading away some of those veterans and – Bringing yeah. in some some young pitching, but pitching that's ready to go, not not fringe pitching like some exactly. guys that can play. Well, that's our whole bullpen right now, and that's the other problem is um, when our starting pitchers. We've actually had some really good pitching out of JT Brubaker and um, uh, Keller, Mitch Keller, which those are our two young guys that we've been trying to bring on and have had some struggles. Well, they've been pitching lights out the last month but we've given away a ton of their games. I feel horrible for them where, I mean, Brubaker pitched us seven innings and we, we were up one zero and ended up losing five to four in that game. Um, it's very frustrating because they were our Achilles heel. Now they're starting to have some good games and you know, it, our, our, our relief, basically we have a good closer, a very, very good closer decent relieving and hit or miss on starting pitching. So it's, it's made it tough, but yeah, I don't know. I'm but, trying to trying to believe in the system and the rebuild, but I don't understand sending down a player like Swinski. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy how much I, I look at the standings basically every time we do one of these. And that's about as much as I pay attention to the national league, unless the A's are, are playing them. Um, and it's crazy to me how much the standings have changed just in the last week. And that's, you know, you guys have lost four in a row. Um, 
you guys were pretty close to 500 last I checked and now, now you're not. So, um, but yeah, like you said, Sawinski against the Rockies, the Rockies aren't great. I mean, they're, they have a better record than you guys do, but they're a team that you, you would hope to get one of your, you know, struggling guys in against, especially in Coors Field. Um, but no, I, it's a lot of these, uh, Divisions have tightened up quite a bit, and that's that's good to see because sure. Mets were running away with it. Atlanta's been probably the hottest team in baseball in the last 20 games or so. Definitely. So they've pretty much caught up. Houston was running away with the AL West, and Seattle's won 12 in a row. No, 13 in a row now. 13. And, they're on a tear right yeah. now. And then seeing, seeing Baltimore, I mean, obviously they're not going to – come back and win the division from the Yankees, but they played very good against the Yankees and they won. I think they were on a 10 game win streak too. So good to see them playing good ball. I mean, they've been at the bottom of the payroll for three years standing. I think they picked first for, well, you guys picked first this year. year. Yeah. They're picking first. You guys have been Um, switching back and forth. (laughs) Who picks first? They are. They do give me some hope though. I mean, they've been in that cellar with us for a while. Yeah. Um, so to see them turn it around, it makes me hopeful that, you know, before the trade deadline, I'm really hoping we do make some moves. Obviously, no, you guys need not, to. I mean, we're not it's, coming back this year, but it's quite clear. This is the chance for ownership to show us, like, okay, yeah. this is what we were talking no, about. This is why we said trust us. It's time to move now. Yep. You guys might not, you know, you might bring in some guys that don't necessarily help you guys get back in the division race. I don't think you will. I think you're too far back as of right now. Not this but year. If, if you pick up some guys that can help the rest of this year and build on this year and get ready to go come out of spring training next season, you guys the will be Brewers are not untouchable. No. Yeah. St. Louis is we've good. Played, Brewers we've are good. But they're Brewers really well this year, actually. Yeah. So on those hideous ass City Connect jerseys. Jesus. <laughs> oh geez but no that's that's all i got on those guys a little frustrated right now but we'll see where it plays out yeah okay well yeah and trade deadlines just around the corner i mean we got two basically two weeks left until the trade deadline so we should have some clarity on where you guys are, are looking to move forward and you know they may they may not make major moves until baseball winter meetings but yeah. Hopefully they, they clear the way for these guys that need to get some to get some playing time to improve. And that's what I'm looking forward to with the A's too. I mean, we got Trevino, we got Andrews, guys that are holding up development of other players that I want to see move on to other teams. And not that I don't like them or whatever, but I want them to be on, you know, a team that's more likely to make the playoffs. And I want our young guys to get in there to get that valuable playing time. So, well, and that's the last thing I'll say on it. Like, this is that like hopeless fandom moment. Like when you see a Juan Soto hit the market or possibly hit the market, um, that's no, he's when hitting you're it. like, oh, well, I understand that, but technically, it's not there, not yet. But um, that's when it's like this would be your chance for ownership to step in and just show like, all right, we're pulling the trigger. It's not going to happen. Don't get me wrong. There's no way Bob Nutting's spending that much money, but it's crazy to me that a player like that is available. And I mean, that's the kind of player that could jumpstart a roster. 
I don't even know that he'd be interested, but um, I don't know. It, it makes you hopeful, but then it all, it's just setting you up because I know he'd never make a move like that. But I don't, I don't think he would consider Pittsburgh unless ownership could say, you know, we're willing to give you this and here's our plan to be competitive yeah. going forward. Obviously, you're part of that plan. Uh, but the fact that he's turning down that, that that amount of money from Washington tells me he doesn't want to be on yeah, a he rebuilding wants a contender. Spot. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys are getting close. We we can say that. And a couple moves at the deadline, maybe that would also be like, hey, Juan, look at what we're doing. We're getting ready. So, <laughs> this is our window. But yeah. so I don't know. I'm excited to see where he ends up, and I'm excited to see what you guys do at the deadline. I'm. I'm fired up just because with that extra wild card, there's going to be a lot more teams that are, you know, in the race for this, for this post. And all you got to do is make it, man. It's, it all resets when you hit, you know, postseason. So. And moving on from baseball, just one note about NCAA football. I know we talked about um, the PAC 12, being in a rough spot after UCLA and USC left um, for the Big Ten. And now Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah are in discussions with the Big 12 to leave the Pac-12. So that's obviously going to put them in an even harder spot because... I feel like we saw this coming. Yeah, no, we definitely <laughs> did. And there, there's been a couple ideas Ugh. spun out there, um, whether that's the Big 12 and, and Pac-12 you know, coming together and just saying, hey, let's have a, a super conference. We'll break these teams up by division. And that way you don't have to, you know, spread out everything, trying to play teams and, and losing a bunch of money on travel and things like that. So I think that would make some sense if, if Utah, if those teams I just discussed, Arizona, ASU, Colorado, and Utah, if they were to stay in the Pac-12, Big 12 merges with them, uh, they can then renegotiate that Big 12 contract that's about to come up. Pac-12 contract, you may as well just rip that up because it's garbage. I mean, they abs that's absolutely the cause for all of this loss of money in the Pac-12 and loss of teams. And you could look at, you know, even bringing on Boise State and some of the, the bigger Mountain West Conference teams to possibly join up with it. So I think there could be some movement where we see the Pac-12 actually stay. ACC is also looking at possibly losing Clemson and Florida State, and I can't remember who the other one was that was in discussions to to leave for the SEC. But we're not done with with movement no in college football, and I think how this ends up is probably four super conferences with sixteen teams, and then you could look at that as being maybe they only play ten games in the regular season. And then they do like the March Madness tournament at the end where you got 64 teams to. in there. And, you know, that with only playing 10 games in the regular season, then you have enough games left to play those those tournament style playoff games. So I would love to see that. Obviously, I hate to see the Mountain West and obviously Wyoming on the outside looking into that. But maybe that leads to them combining with D2 or something where then they can do their massive conference tournament or not conference tournament, the playoff tournament at the end of the season. And that generates enough money to help with the loss of, you know, potential births into these bowl games. So I don't know. It's crazy, but 
we all kind of knew as soon as the NIL stuff was happening and you can't blame it on the NIL because no. that was just kind of the catalyst. This was already in the works. Every, if, if you want to blame it on anyone, you can blame it on these university presidents that are basically turning the football programs into just their only source of income. So yeah. it's just going to happen, but we'll have to get used get to worse. it. And, yep. um, Anything else you want to talk about NCAA football-wise other than fired up to see how uh, Wyoming does this season? Woo-woo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all, all I can really say is I. it's just like we talked on that previous pod. I think it's just going to get a lot worse before it gets any better, and we'll see where everything lands. And they're not well, going to know until they play out. I mean, yep. we're not going to see the full damage or benefits of any of it until – some of it rolls out. So. And I am hopeful that if they do a playoff tournament like that with the 64 teams that are in those power four conference at that point, that would be something fun to see at least. I mean, it might turn, I mean, you already have a weekend regular season during college football anyway, because you have all these teams playing the cupcake teams like Alabama playing Alabama state and beating them. 100 to 7 or whatever. It shouldn't even be are. scheduled. No, it shouldn't. <laughs> and that's what I'm hopeful for. You know, if these teams go to four suit, four power conferences, then you can only schedule games in your four power conferences. Well, and I, I will say if that does happen, the one positive for me is I've always hated the top 25. Yep. Um, I've hated the way it's rolled out. I hate the way, no different than the All-Star game, like we talked earlier, it tends to favor the same teams. I love that setup because all it would take is one upset victory to completely throw the entire, you know, it's just like March Madness. You could throw the entire thing off with the number one seed losing. And when yep. it does, everything goes to shit. Exactly. And I think that would be fun to see in college football. Yep. Yeah, because, I mean, I they can't essentially choose their own teams they're playing. So that yep. it, it would be good, I think. And I think it would honestly make – college football a stronger product because people just love brackets and putting that format oh, yeah. into it would, would help. Um, people but like up. I said, it would definitely weaken the, the conferences that are on the outside looking in. And that's something I don't want to see with, with our favorite team being in that. So, all right, a couple news and notes about NFL and I won't hit on the Raiders too much because there's not too much to share other than, you know, rumors and Donald can rumors of Daryl Williams rumors of them doing nothing so you know there's not much there we already talked about sandra morgan douglas she's you know something to be excited about and then um just one thing that i saw that kind of baffled me was jesse bates of the cincinnati Bengals turned down a contract extension and the the rumor numbers were they were only willing to give him four million dollars more than what the franchise tag would guarantee in money they were willing to go longer, but they were only willing to guarantee $4 million on top of what the franchise tag would guarantee him. That's kind of a slap in the face. Jesse Bates has been one of the top uh, safeties in the league since he came in. And granted, he is coming off his worst season as a pro. And I think that part of that is, you know, just having to cover up the uh, mistakes of so one Eli Apple. And that's that's what I wanted to weigh in a little bit because so Jesse Bates, this, his off season. The reason I want to comment on this is because he's very simple or similar 
to Minka Fitzpatrick in that way. This last season was one of Minka's low stat seasons. Yeah. But it's because we were exposed on the edges all year long. And he spent so much time flying up, you know, towards the line of scrimmage that he wasn't able to make his splash plays and all the things that make him who he is. And he still had a good season and still got, I mean, he has the biggest contract of any safety. Um, So Jesse Bates is not that far back in my opinion from Minka. Um, And he has a similar ability to impact everywhere on the field. So for this to happen after Minka got that contract, and we know that these contracts are they snowball they affect everyone else in the league everyone behind them so for him to get this offer is beyond a slap in the face and i'm really surprised because it's cincinnati and they're obviously competitive enough to be in the no you should not be surprised because this is what that cheap ass owner has done for the entirety of his ownership you're not wrong but my point is is this is how you this is how you go from being in the super bowl to being right back where you've been for the last you know however many seasons this is a bad move and it's going to put a sour taste in um jesse's mouth obviously well and and you you would think that other players on the team are going to hear this and say oh yeah if if they're not willing to pay guys that you know earn it why would we stay here so it it definitely could have a, a snowball effect on the rest of the team as well and you know people have not been thrilled to go to cincinnati being drafted there until recently Basically. Yeah, until basically probably this offseason. So last yeah, this this offseason. It's gonna be tough for them to to justify why they would do that. And and that's what scares me for them. I mean, that's good for you being in the same division, but kind of surprising when you have a quarterback of the future right now, you have one of the best wide receiving core in the league. You have a good defense. Why a would you try to just blow I mean, it up they already? Have everything. They have everything but a good corner yeah to stop the game-winning touchdown anyways um just kidding uh, i didn't mean to call out eli apple but uh i did it's horrible eli apple. <laughs> I, we talked about it before as soon as he said i'm going to use it as motivation to come back blah 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 i was like dude if you're not motivated in the super bowl i'm done with you um <laughs> moving on though the only thing i have for the steelers um it's pretty quiet i mean we've we've made the moves i think we're gonna move or make for the most part um even the quarterback situation is basically exactly what i thought it would be i'm sure it's going to be trubisky starting they've come out and said they're in no hurry for Pickett, which i love um so all all quiet kind of on the home front i'll take it yeah i do want to as we get closer to knowing who the final 53 on the rosters are, I do want to kind of take a closer look and maybe do a feature where we, every episode, break down our top, I don't know, top 16, so half of the league at each position and and see how like close it. we are on those. Um, do a position every week? This is inspired by that uh, quarterback group that you tagged me in the other day <laughs> where it was ranking the, the divisions mm. by quarterbacks. And I, I agreed with That's the top to half, the, but the second half was pretty eye opening to me. So anyway, I would like to do something like that where we're, yeah, ranking the top 16 at each position. The, the one thing I'll say about that, and I don't want to talk about it too much because obviously they're not looking at it, but that graphic 
if you take any one thing from that, all it the the main thing to take from it is the gap between your division and the rest of the league. If you're comparing whole divisions at a time, and I think yeah. that's why that last one ended up in last place, which I know is still just doesn't seem right. No, but I think that's why is because you have four quarterbacks that, you know, in my opinion, are top 15 easily. People so. are still sleeping on Jameis. I don't know why. He was slinging it last year before the injury. I mean, if he can stay I don't healthy, know. he's going to I don't do know well. why people don't. I don't know. I'm done. Um, All about them. You got anything links. else for NFL? No. <laughs> That's terrible. He'll never live it down. No. Um, and the W. So I, I, mean, I guess I'm going to end here he's for a little let bit. That of, go. <laughs> yeah. We're moving on. I'm going to yeah. end here with go some, to your NHL. Uh, NHL talk. I don't know if you you have anything else to add, but um, we've had a pretty impressive off season. Um, some of the fandom. So Pittsburgh is such a spoiled fandom outside of the Pirates, obviously. Um, you know, following stories and threads to kick this off. We were able to keep our, our tripod together. Obviously Crosby was going nowhere, um, but we brought back uh, Evgeny Malkin and my boy, Chris Letang, which Letang is a no brainer for me. He's top five defenseman basically every year of his career. Um, his high risk, high reward. He gets very, very involved in the four check power play he's a big reason why we won cups, like just period. Um, but there were even fans that were hoping we didn't re-sign him, which is absurd. His contract was super team friendly. Um, that brings me to Malkin. He can frustrate the living hell out of me. Um, he can come across as lazy sometimes on plays, but when he does get mad and when he does get going, he is almost unstoppable. Um, he's still a generational talent. I love that we brought him back. Another good team-friendly deal. Um, so that moving forward, we made some some trades that I don't want to say I was surprised. It's just I've grown attached to some of these guys. But um, we actually, the first one we did was we sent John Marino to the Devils for Ty Smith. And this is an interesting one. Um, I think we got everything we were going to get out of uh, Marino. Not to say that was bad, but Ty Smith is an interesting case because he has a chance to be a top-level um, defenseman. He uh, He's going to be a bit of a reclamation project, and if he can get back to where he was a couple seasons ago, that'll be a huge pickup. Um, and lastly, Mike Matheson, he's been a stalwart on our defense um, for our defenseman lineup. But we sent him in a fourth-round pick and got Jeff Petrie and Ryan Poling. Um, Poling's uh, another forward. He'll fill in nicely. I think he'll probably be third or fourth line. We'll see. But um, Petrie will be big on the defense. So what this does for us moving forward is we are stacked on defensemen. So I think you will see another move, another big trade. And I don't know what it's going to be yet. Um I'm very, very interested to see what happens because there's no way we'll start the season with our roster we have right now. So I expect another move. But at the end of the day, I'm just beyond thrilled that these our big three got to stick together because I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what naysaying Penguins fan is out there. 
we have been so spoiled for the last 16 seasons. Having these, this doesn't happen. It just doesn't in any professional sport to have these top three players together the entire time. It just does not exist. We are beyond spoiled. So regardless of the outcome, the next few seasons, I'm going to be pretty thankful for because these three guys, you'd be lucky to have one of them show up on a franchise. So uh, pretty special. Yeah, and I don't have a ton to add just because, you know, hockey is not – that's one of the sports where I, I watch, but I can't I can't pay attention to everything. Um, I did want to mention that the Sharks did hire uh, Mike Ryer as our new GM. I think he has a pretty tough job ahead because we have so many veterans on, on pretty bad contracts. So I think it's going to be the start of a rebuild. In fact, one of the few guys that I even recognize from the last time we were good is Brent Burns, and they just got rid of him. In fact, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, they're paying part of his contract for Carolina. I think a third of it or something like that. So I'm happy for him because Carolina, Carolina obviously was deep in the postseason. Um, I love my boy Jordan Stahl there. So. I'm happy for him, but it makes me so sad to not see him in. A sh- I mean, it's it's it makes me sad. Yeah, I mean, between it's, him and Joe, it's yeah. it's hard to see him go. I was just gonna say, Joe and and him have been, you know, the core of that roster they for were so the sharks. long. And I mean, that's it. So yeah, it's tough to see that, and it'll probably be similar situation to my A's other than, you know, it's not ownership, not wanting to spend money. It's just that they have spent money and it didn't work out well. So um, we'll see what happens. I mean, I actually am probably going to start paying a little bit more attention to hockey this upcoming season, even though it's probably not going to be good for my health with the sharks being where they're at, but something to look forward to. I'll say. Um, I love it. Anything else you want to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, if you can make it through this A's season, I think you can handle the Sharks. Um, yeah. No, I, I, that's all I got right now. Um, I just want to say I love the idea of breaking down the positions uh, for the NFL. I love doing a weekly segment on that. So that's something I look forward to. I hope anybody listening or watching is can get involved. Let us know your thoughts once we start dropping those lists. Yep. I love making lists, and I feel like people love paying attention to them. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I mean, love arguing about things, so here yes. we go. <laughs> we can get some some input from the fans and, and see what they're thinking about, you know, their favorite players and whatnot. Oh, I'm yeah. sure where I have Russell Wilson ranked will piss off all the Broncos fans, but... You can't put him 32, I'm just no. saying. <laughs> He's going to be top 16, I just don't I'm think... I'm just kidding, you know, I'm just kidding. Broncos fans are going to want him, you know, top one because they're delusional, but it's fine. <laughs> Oh, poor Broncos fans. We're not going to get any of them listening. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, we have enough friends that are Broncos to, fans so. that listen, so yeah. they'll they'll maybe be in- angry in the comments, but that's okay. I hope so. All right. Well, we'll call it there. Uh, I got to get back to watching the A's, you know, maybe beat the Astros two out of three. Get it done. Tied up right now, so. All right, we'll uh, we'll call it there. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, if you if you have any comments, feedback on anything that we said, please get it in there. And as always, subscribe, share, like, all that fun stuff, and we'll we'll get you guys on the next one.